Hello and welcome to another episode of the Golf.com podcast. I'm your host, Sean Zock. Today we are joined by one of those people that everybody knows by one name. Monty, it's Colin Montgomery. How are you doing today? Well, I'm very well, thank you. Delighted to be here in New York and uh, we're having a great day. And it's nice to, as you say, to be known... You know, I mean, we had one guy in Europe that was known by one name, and that was Sevi. Yeah. You know, and uh, you'd never, no one ever called him Severiano Ballesteros. It was Sevi, and uh, Monty has stuck because because my surname is as long as Ballesteros, and nobody <laughs> can pronounce it because it's spelt differently. So, Monty stuck, and it's uh, delighted to, yeah, yeah, delighted to be here for one, and uh, and known as Monty. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're running around, <laughs> you're running around New York City all day. Uh, I know that you've made plenty of stops. This is your last one, thankfully. But you're talking golf, and you're also talking whiskey. Indeed. And so you're partnered with Loch Lomond Whiskey. <clears throat> Indeed. Let's just loosen up. By drinking a little bit. Well, we first. should, shouldn't we? We should, cheers. we should, we should say cheers and good health. How's that? Whew, all right. We also need to loosen up. Well, that set that set us <laughs> off on the right foot, don't yes. you think? Um, two of our two of our greatest exports, isn't it, Scotland? Come on, we export golf very well. We always have. We're the home of golf. We're very proud of it. RNA's there, the St Andrews Clubhouse, all the thing that goes with it. Yeah. And of course, whiskey. We're very proud of our of our whiskey exports around the world. So Scotch whiskey and the home of golf. And here we are linked together, Yeah, you know, very much so. And uh, and it's great to be part of Loch Lomond Whiskies, the spirit of the open. Uh, and uh, I'm ambassador now for two years and loving every minute of it. And, and we now have our own, as you see here, you know, we've just tasted you know the open special edition I can and still of course taste it. the boxes it is it's lovely isn't it the box is green a la because we're at port rush this year royal mm-hmm. port rush so the emerald isle <clears throat> and um, you know it's on sale now so it's fantastic and uh, and not although it's fantastic to be here it's a great product too yeah you're a great pitch man you know exactly you what you're doing oh, you on, love man. this stuff right i do uh i want to talk about whiskey and i gotta tell you my best scottish whiskey story yes it's not, it's not that great of a story but the moral of the story is that you never ever never ever schedule a tour for a distillery in the morning because <laughs> <clears throat> i went over to the 2016 open at troon yes and we flew into glasgow yes which is where you were born exactly and we, we took a quick trip to campbelltown oh yeah campbelltown in the, in the yes. peninsula yes and it was the day that andy murray won wimbledon oh wow the euro cup final was that night yes we played Mac Rahanish that day old mac we were like getting the, the great scottish experience right yes and we were celebrating that night on whiskey, 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 and we had a we had had a tour planned the next morning for a distillery because ah. Campbelltown was originally the greatest whiskey capital indeed. of the world. Right? It was indeed down the bottom of Mullochintyre there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Even even Paul McCartney wrote a good song about the Mullochintyre. Exactly. And uh, Campbelltown Macrahanish. Yes, indeed. Yes. So. Yes. Of course, sleep through my alarm, hung over as hell. Oh, of course. And go to this distillery, which you just, you can't, I mean, it, it reeks of I, the whole thing everything is you drank last night. The scent is there, isn't it? Yes, you're right. Yeah. And so like, I'm like 15 to 20 feet behind the tour group the entire time, like falling away, <laughs> ducking out into the fresh air, like get Brood. me out of here. Yeah. But yeah, you can't get away from that. That that whiskey scent, you know, you know, uh, all the barley's and the malts and all the stuff that go with it, fantastic. Yeah. Do you have what is what is Colin Montgomery's best golf drinking or golf whiskey story that you can uh, share? Of course, I drive an awful lot. I drive a car an awful lot, so you've got to be very very careful. <laughs> 
uh, in Scotland, especially uh, not to not to do both together. You know, the sort of drink responsibly yes. bit. You know, so I don't really have many many stories a la yours there. But okay. at the same time, uh, after after a good round of golf, there's nothing better than uh, than uh, to sample a good a good Scotch whiskey in moderation, as always. Have you ever played a professional round hungover like many people? Oh yes, claim oh, yes. they have. Oh yes, oh yes. How did that yeah. go? Badly. Yeah. Very, very. Now some have gone well. You know, you hear about the John Daly scenarios <laughs> where you know you're looking at five balls and hit the middle one, sort of thing. You know, uh, but no, uh, it, it went very badly. I was I, I was very ill, and 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 you do these things once. And yeah. you think, right, that's it, never so again. So when was never your again. time? Was it in the 90s? 1994, German <laughs> Masters, Stuttgart. I, I'll, I'll never forget it, don't you worry. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, did, I mean, you saw that Eddie Pepperell played like a maniac now, at now, the Open. Now, he, he spoke openly about uh, Canusti, uh, you know, last year's Open and wasn't, wasn't the best for wear in the first tee and, and did okay. <laughs> did surprise, I mean, did very well. So yeah. it can happen both ways. But yeah. I'd rather I'd rather stay sober if you don't mind. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Um, speaking of drinking, I want to hear your opinion on you know the classic crossover between golf and drinking. Yes, at Bethpage, and pretty much everywhere these days, golf mm-hmm. fans yes become a little bit inebriated. They like to yell things. Sometimes you combine New York fans with a little bit of alcohol and a little bit of golf, which is a quiet sport, yes. and you get a, a wicked combination. Yes. Are you worried about the Ryder Cup at Bethpage like no, many people well, are? It's, well, it's interesting uh, uh, you say that, you know, and, and remarks by Rory McIlroy and Paul Casey uh, haven't helped haven't helped you know I mean unfortunately you know Rory said well I'd rather be ill that week and not play you know uh, yeah uh, you know you've got to be you've got to be careful I think I think uh, uh, the New York fans sports fans are world renowned mm-hmm. uh, is that true over in Europe do you feel oh, yes, like oh very much so oh, yes. it has yeah, the New York reputation. Boston New York Boston fans yeah. are, are, are well renowned they're loud uh and then you get a little bit of of knowledge of the game of golf, and the New York crowd might think that's a little bit of knowledge is a lot. Okay, so that's a yeah. problem too. And of course, coming here, being European and not American, not flying the American flag in America. You know, hey, yeah. hey you know, you know, we're very proud Europeans, very proud Brits, very proud Scots, and uh, uh, it can that mixture, as you say, along with a little bit of alcohol, on a warm on a warm muggy day yeah. you know the heat doesn't help and that then you've got a problem but at the same time we know this we know playing away from home isn't easy you it never has for been it. yeah you, and 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 it's the captain's job uh in preparation for the team to 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 do his best to prepare the team you know because those who retaliate fail you know mm. you know if you, if you're going to book somebody well well, well the guy that retaliates is going to get worse than the guy that actually instigated yeah. it in the first place so yeah you've got to you've got to prepare the team for this but we will know that uh, uh we might get away with it in 2020 a little bit more at whistling straits but in 2024 we have to be prepared. I'm and from Wisconsin. That, okay, perfect. Well, there you go. Uh, Preaching to the choir so, here. Yes. So, so 
we have to be prepared. Yeah. And, it, and it's one of those venues. 99 was loud in Boston at, at, mm -hmm. uh, at Brookline. And 2024 in New York is going to be similar. And yeah. we, have to, we have to prepare. If we're not prepared, uh, we will be underprepared, if you know what I mean. You know, that, you know, we have to be prepared. We should be. Yeah. That's five years, so plenty it's of five time. Years, <laughs> five years to go. Uh, speaking of the Ryder Cup, you had a dominant yeah. Ryder Cup career. Let's call it as it is. It was dominant. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And I think that you know, looking back on it now, you know, at the time, you know, if you come to in the seventh tee and you say, are you enjoying this? I go, well, hang on a minute. You know, I'm one down. How can I possibly be? But yeah. looking back on that part of my life, the, the 20 years I was associated with the Ryder Cup, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed it thoroughly. It's nice to be part of a history, nice to be part of something very special. Yeah, yeah. 29 and 7 is your career, which is, right. is about as good as it gets. Yeah. I, and you never lost a singles match. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You've heard people tell you this for many years. <laughs> and finally, you get you to smile about it. How do you explain it, though? Like, how do you explain Colin Montgomery's single success? Uh, yeah, you put yourself up for a fall eight times in, in singles. And uh, it doesn't matter who you're playing. Uh, if they if they perform to their ability, you've got a problem, you know. And whether I was fortunate that the players I played against weren't playing to their ability or not, or whether I played beyond mine, uh, you know, you, you can't really you can't really answer it in that way. All I, all I could say was I I when I managed to get half against Mark Kalkovecki in '91. And then didn't lose in '93 and '95. It became, it became an issue for me. Yeah. That okay, I don't up. want to lose this. I want to keep going. <laughs> so it became an issue, a problem in many ways that I wasn't, I wasn't prepared to lose, and I hated losing, and I'm ultra competitive as 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 we are, and I just, I just did my utmost not to lose. Not really, not really at the end of the day, not for me at all, but. But for the team, yeah. you know, it, it became, oh, well, Monty's playing the singles, so that's, that's at least he's going to get something out of yeah, that, whether it's a half some. or a point. And it became a problem, you know, because, well, hang on a minute, lads, I can <laughs> lose as much as anyone can, Christ. I mean, we're playing against, you know, you think about, you know, the late, great Payne Stewart, the US Open champion at the time. You've got David Toms, the, you know, the, you know, the uh, a very difficult man to beat because he was fairways and greens and a good putter. Yeah. There was Lee Jansen, U.S. Open player. You know, these sort of guys that you're playing against, Scott Hoke, very tough competitor, very tough competitor in his day and still is. Doesn't want to lose himself. I know these guys don't want to lose as much as I do, so yeah. it's game on, you mm -hmm. know, and, and it was and it was tough. Yeah, very tough, but uh, managed to managed to come out unscathed, which, yeah. is, which is great. And you definitely earned your captainship. Uh, 2010, you were the captain of the Euro team. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, it came early. Uh, I must admit, I was still playing in 2006. Mm -hmm. uh, Nick Faldo didn't pick me in 2008, <laughs> and I thought that I, sure. yeah, well, I thought I might be on the edge, on the the cusp of it. Didn't make it, and then suddenly, bingo! You're captain the next time. You think, hang on a minute, what's this all about? Uh, uh, there was a there was an issue there was there, there was an issue with our captain in 2010 that that we didn't really nobody sprung to mind sure. at the time and i was still thinking i was playing and then uh, one or two of our, <laughs> our our players stood up and said look we have a captain in the room because i was part of this committee that were choosing the captain 
And I looked around and I said, well, I don't know who, who am I looking at, you know, yeah. and they're all looking at me. So, hey, you know, when you're offered that particular role and such an honor, you know, you take it. Yeah, you, you take it to. because you never once? know. Well, you never know. It might not happen again. The committees change, people's views change, whatever, and, and yeah. you might not get again. So one was the honor of accepting it. And two now, having lost in 2008, was to try and win it back again. That yeah. was the that was the goal. And everything from then on, every night I went to sleep and every night I woke up was Ryder Cup. How do we win the Ryder Cup back wow. again? Yeah, that was it for two years. Yeah, yeah. and you did win. You got to fourteen well, and a half. We got to fourteen and a half. That's <laughs> it. Well done. I wouldn't say it was such a win, but we got to fourteen and a half. Yeah, and that was all we're trying to do. And immediately afterward, you said, "Guys, I'm done as a captain. Mm -hmm. One mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Why just one time?" I think. I think uh, if you do, if you do win. I think you've nowhere else to go. Yeah, you know, uh, it was like a bit Brooks Kepka last last week there with the, with the US PGA. I mean, he had n he he couldn't win seven ahead. He mm -hmm. couldn't win. The only thing he could do is lose. Uh, once you've won the Ryder Cup, I think you want to get out on top. And uh, you know, I I was listening to the likes of of Sam Torrance and Woosnam, Bernhard Langer, uh, who had done this once, won, and got out. Mm -hmm. And I try to follow their footsteps, try and win it and get out. I can understand Davis Love having lost in 2012. Jump back on the horse. Jump back on. Yeah. Jump back on because now we've nothing to lose, you see. Having won it, there was a lot to lose. But I can understand Davis Love coming back. If I'd lost in 2010, right, come on, give me another chance here because I know I can win it next time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You said after this year's Ryder Cup, which was a wild Ryder Cup in it France. Was, it uh, was wild. That... These teams need to kind of exist with a moral code. Uh, yeah. Basically yeah. just meaning like there are things you can do in terms mm -hmm. of coming to the press or not. Yes. There are things that you can say mm -hmm. and there's things you can't. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that's so important? Well, I think so. I think, I think the respect of the captain is vital. I think that if the captain has asked you not to say something or whatever, however you feel, however you are in the, in the heat of the moment, you can't say it because you're part of a team. Yeah. So one one time in 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 what 104 weeks that you are part of a team. You can say what you want on your own. Hey, we all do. But once you're part of a team, you have a, a certain responsibility. Mm -hmm. One to your captain and two to your teammates. And you can't be saying things that might antagonize or might upset some others so that's that that's really what what i meant and it's and it's the europeans have stuck by it quite well over the years you know and the americans have too it's not easy when you come in something's happened something might have happened gone wrong in your game mm -hmm. and you've wanted to win as much as he has and then someone puts a microphone up in front of you <laughs> and you you might get caught out sure and and that's the captain's job to prepare the team for that scenario or the captain to be there when that that when that matches that match might be a controversial match or whatever the captain to be there to take over that point and mm -hmm. say no look i'll answer for him if you don't mind and i'm there to do that and it's that's, that's the captain's job very very tricky very game. tricky uh going back to beth page yes very interesting spot for you in your career. I'm sure you've been asked about it even <laughs> even this morning. But in 02, yes, I was 10 years old in 2002. Right. So I honestly, I'm not paying attention to what is happening. Nope. And 
let's act like I'm an alien who just arrived on Long Island. Yes. No idea who Monty is. No yes. idea what the fans are like. Why sure. is there a campaign that asks people to be nice, <laughs> be nice to, to Monty? Monty? I know it's amazing, isn't it? There was twenty five thousand badges made. Be nice to Monty badges. And uh, when I got to when I got to Beth Page in two thousand two, my caddy and I go, what what the hell is this? You know. And we actually we actually embraced it. <laughs> it's the only way to go, really. Uh, I was. I was at that stage, or through 96 and 97, I, I was number two in the world to Greg Norman mm-hmm. before Tiger was born and everything changed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, within the Ryder Cup, I became 97, 99, 2001, really, and then into 2002, uh, uh, became possibly the biggest threat yeah, the villain because the villain because i was getting some points and i was i was a threat to to the american sure. team and i was getting more points at the time and that's that's what it really came from and uh, un- unfortunately you know so so everyone so one of the one of the one of the golf magazines decided to say come on let's uh Let's let's try and be nice to Monty, but knowing full well that at Beth Page in New York that wasn't going to happen, you know. So it was a sort of catch twenty two. It was a half and half, and it, and it, and we embraced it and got on with it, and it was fine. But uh, but that was what it was, and I've still got. Needless to say, they didn't sell any of the badges, but I've got a number of them left. Be nice to Monty badges. Funny, funny. It was I well love done. That. It was a great promotion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a few more things. One contemporary of yours made headlines at Beth Page. Um, John Daly was yes. allowed to ride the cart at the yes. PGA, and now he's trying to do the same thing at the Open Championship. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it's kind of a polarizing debate. And it is. I guess I'm kind of curious what side of the fence that you sit on it. Well, I think I'm I'm on the fence, and 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 hey, you know, I mean, it is a polarizing debate. I'm on the fence of the fact that uh, I'm on the side that supports the fact that. If you cannot walk around a golf course, you cannot play. Mm-hmm. Imagine a tennis player, Federer, Mandy Murray says, oh, my knee's bad. I can't, I can't run around the back court today. I'm going to need some help here. I'm going to need some, some outside influence to help me. I, I need a motor to get round. Look, hang on a minute. <laughs> What's that all about? Yeah. Now, walking is part of the game. Brooks Kepka, who won the tournament, Justin Johnson, Rory McIlroy, Tiger, all these guys are in the gym. They're all fit. And Brooks Kepka uses that fitness in a positive way for his mind. If he's fit in body, you're fit in mind. I don't have to say that. Any psychologist will tell you that, yeah. right? Now, they have worked hard at that. Why should they work hard on their bodies and, and do that so that they can play 18 holes physically well, what have you? So I'm against it. Yeah. Simple as that. To cut a long story short, I'm very much against it. Now, I understand the American Disabilities Act because it's come up in our PGA Tour champions a few times now with sure. John. And, uh, you know, he's gotten out, you know. But we don't, the RNA, the Royal and Ancient at the British Open, doesn't go by the American Disabilities Act yeah. for obvious reasons. Yeah. We don't have that. So it's going to be a difficult one for them, uh, 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 for the RNA, for, the, for, uh, for Martin Slumbers there to actually, the CEO of the RNA to actually say what's going to happen. Because mm-hmm. it's not just, it's not just uh, Royal Port Rush, it's also Royal Lytham the week after the senior open as well. And these courses aren't designed 
for what no. we call buggies, carts. No. They're not designed. These these June-like courses, for those who are listening who have played these courses in Ireland and Scotland, you understand that they're not cart courses. No. They're not designed for that. I mean, you come up a bound and up the other side, you're in, you're in trouble. You could mow over, yeah. a, a, mow over half the field here. So, uh, hey, uh, if... if it, if they say that uh, that that according to British law, as opposed to American law, that you, that, that your you know doesn't happen, well, I'm afraid John can't play in these tournaments until John gets fit enough to play. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. On fitness, fitness was different in the '90s than it yes. is these days. Very much. Do you think that uh, your career would have been different if it was in the 2000s, the 2010s? I would have because had of to, that. Yes, I would have had to. Uh, Tiger Woods changed changed the way things are. There's a few people changed their own sport. Pete Sampras, I think, in tennis changed the fitness angle in tennis. I think Michael Schumacher in his day changed the Formula One setup, uh, being so fit. There's a number of number of uh, uh, people have changed their. Their, their own sports Tiger Woods changed ours mm-hmm. this guy came out and he was a physical specimen he could do any sport he was an athlete is that maddening he was an athlete in many ways yes in many ways you know you could never say although we love them all you could never say Nicholas and Palmer were athletes of that ilk yeah. never never a, he, could, he could see Tiger Woods playing any sport so it was different and people either had to go with him or accept finishing second yeah <laughs> you know you know what are you going to do are you going to go you're going to say oh no I'll, st- I'll stay the way i am because because i'm getting beaten by him no so the likes of you know i got i got fit for a while ernie else uh you know these guys that were competing against tiger in those days uh had to had to come up come up trumps mm-hmm. or else you were going to get even further left behind so now it's a now it's a different game yeah now it, it's an athlete and you talk about why the golf ball's going as far yes the golf ball technology goes further the golf clubs go further but now you add in a third element which is the physique of the player itself and that was we always talked about 20 years ago the ball and the club were the problem yeah now it's the ball the club and And the the athlete are the problem you know because every sport look at tennis look at the guy uh uh uh, the big lad i forget his name offhand the tennis player six foot ten american Mm. isner Uh, isner yeah okay six foot ten well, that's never been seen <laughs> on a tennis court before. Anderson's six foot eight. You've got you've got you know all the all the uh, Eastern Europeans seem to be six foot six. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, these guys. I mean, Bjorn and uh, uh, Borg and McEnroe were were five foot nine. For you sound like sake. a big tennis fan. Yeah, I love my tennis. I love all sports. You know, really. But but that that I like to relate to it because it's a one on one situation, a bit like golf. You know, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, it's changed. It's got quicker. You watch, you watch Borg and McEnroe play in the in the seventies as they did, and it was like slow motion. It was like I'll bounce my ball over the net, and you can bounce it yeah. back again. I mean, now it's a power, fast, athletic, wow. And so is golf. Sounds like golf. So is golf. <laughs> I mean, there was there was Wayne Riley who does the commentary for Sky Sports for our for our uh, 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 n- national t- TV here in. In Britain, and yeah. he was walking the course. He does the Bones Mackay stuff yep. now, and he walks the course. And he saw the lie at fifteen of Brooks Kepka on I think it was the Saturday, and he'd pulled it left in the heavy rough. Yeah, and he 150 yards to the front, 
and the pin was on, say, 15. And he goes, well, this is not, this is the worst lie I've ever seen. This is not going 100 yards, you know? So five minutes later, the ball's to 20 foot yeah. on the green. Classic. And Wayne Riley's going, well, I give up now. I completely give up. I don't know what to say now. I thought that was impossible, and it's not because of pure power, you know, that, that he, in his day, and he, was, and he was a good golfer, and if I had that lie, no chance. Yeah. You know, you come out in the fairway and start again. So it is different. It is different. But what, what will be interesting is the next major is Pebble Beach. And uh, whether that power game is going gonna, is gonna to work at Pebble Beach or not, because that's a whole different course, yeah. a whole different setup, lots of wedges, lots of precision. Uh, you, you know, I don't think you can find any green from the rough because they're so small and they're so hard. Uh, uh, so they're like concrete and they're tiny. So it's going to be a different game at Pebble Beach. It'll be interesting to see how these so-called bombers do yeah. there. If if Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka and Rory win there, well, we're all in real trouble. Yeah. Because we can't set up a course to against them almost. You know what I mean? Can I go back so to Marion? Yeah, yeah. Somehow. Yeah. Marion, that similar type of course to Pebble Beach where it's more precise and uh, you've got to position the ball completely, not just a smash. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so we'll see. I've got a couple questions from the rest of the Meanwhile, people. Meanwhile, I'll uh, have a drink if you don't mind. Cheers. Uh, <laughs> a couple of people in our office wanted to post some questions. Mm-hmm. Um, you've had some fun with the European Tour content team. Oh, yes. And, uh, you know, one of the recent things they did, they had Eddie Pepperell. They did. Prank Matt Wallace he all did, day yes. long. All I, day long in Germany. We went for a media day, didn't they? And it was a fake thing. Yeah, it was yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. If you could prank one person in golf, who are you pranking? I'd love to... I'd love to prank Bernard Langer. Why? I'd love to do it because, well, it'd be the obvious, because you just wouldn't, somehow you just couldn't do it, could yeah. you? You know? See if he'd bite. And you'd bite. love to get, yes, see if he'd bite, you know? See if how he'd, would you get under his skin? I don't know how I'd do it. You just put it to me, so I'm still thinking as you're doing it. But I would love to, I would love to prank him because it'd be somewhere where you would, the last person you'd think would, you know, okay, Bern, I don't know what I'd do, but I'd, I'd find a way yeah. of doing it. Someone, that, someone that I love dearly, someone that I respect wholeheartedly, and he's a partner of mine at the Ryder Cup. He, the only time I didn't make the team in 2004, he picked me. <laughs> Good friends. But I'd love to prank. I'd love to prank. I'd love to do something against Bernard Langett, but the last person you'd think yeah. would... Go for that sort of thing. Well, I don't I, think he listens to our podcast, so <laughs> I don't think you're you're losing anything there. Um, your first win as a pro yes. on the Euro Tour, yes, eleven shots at the Portugal it was. Open. It was, How yes. the hell do you win by eleven shots? You putt well. That's exactly what you do. Yeah, you start by you start four ahead this last round, and you shoot a course record <laughs> sixty three. That's what you do. Yeah, and you hold everything. Eventually, it was it was one of these crazy situations where a few of your listeners might understand where you don't even have to line up the ball it's going to go in yeah uh you've got the pace of the greens you've got the feel of the putter you've got everything's just right you don't even have to line up it's going to go in and it happened and you win by 11 and you think christ you know (laughs) and i was thinking down the last because you're nervous you haven't won a tournament before yeah you've come out of uh university Uh, I, i was i was based down at houston baptist university and in southwest Houston for four years. So you come back, you turn pro, and in your second year, you've got this 11-shot lead playing the last. And you think, now, what can I make? Can I, I can make a 13 here and still still be okay, you know? And it, that's, how it's, that's how crazy it is, you know? That's I managed to make four, but at the same time, it, it's, yeah, crazy. And then 
Oddly enough, the next ten victories all came by one shot. Yeah, that's true. I saw that. Bizarrely. That is wild. Bizarrely, the next ten came by one. And you think, after winning by 11, you think, well, a couple of wins should be for three or four or something, you know, but no, one. So you just don't know, do yeah. you, golf? You don't know how it's going to be and how it's going to go. But uh, uh, that was a, a delight. Portugal, Quinta de Lago, I'll never forget it. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it just had just one of these weeks that the putter was very, very hot. Yeah. And I can speak for anybody that's won by... I mean, I'm sure Tiger winning by 15 at the US Open there in 2000 at, at Pebble Beach. The one, the, the one club that he would say was his best weapon of the week was his putter. Yeah. To win by 15, you can't miss many. Yeah. No. no, no, no. Uh, I was checking your social media and you are smiling everywhere you go, man. On Instagram, you are always smiling. I'm, I'm, enjoying, I'm enjoying my life here on the, on the US Champions Tour, the yeah. PGA Tour Champions, we're known as. We used to be called the Champions Tour. Now it's the PGA, PGA Tour, Tour Champions. Champions. It's a bit of mouthful, but anyway. <laughs> uh, they like to get the PGA Tour in first and then Champions. And I was told by a number of my colleagues, uh, Bernhard, Nick uh, Faldo, Sam Torrance came over here for a bit. Mark James. Uh, there's a few of the guys, even David Fairty, you know, was was was, was you know playing. And I, and I thought they said it's the best tour in the world, the Champions Tour. And wow. I said, well, surely, I mean, I've enjoyed the European tour. I've played in America. I've played South Africa, Australia. You know, how can you possibly say that? And they were right. It is. It's got that relaxed feel before and after the round. And yet when the gun goes on Friday morning, usually, or majors on Thursday morning, it's game on and it's competitive. And I'm playing against guys like Freddie Couples, Stricker, Langer, Jimenez, uh, uh, you know, Darren Clark, now Paul Laurie, all these guys that I used to compete against uh, uh, in our in our heyday many, many moons ago. Uh, it's great. Great yeah. competition. Great competition. I mean, c because these guys can play, you know. Oh, my God, they can play. And yet, before the round and after the round, it's different. I think that's you know? how you punk Bernard Langer. Just don't let him win. Don't let him win. Don't let him or, win. Oh, well, that's impossible. I know. <laughs> He's a machine. Um, I think we can leave it at that. I think that, we can Colin. have a, have a, a drink nice to that, cheers. please. <laughs> thanks for joining me, man. It's been a pleasure. Not at all. Thank you. Big thanks to Colin Montgomery for joining the show. Always fun talking with him. More thanks go to Lucas O'Neill. He produced the podcast. Let me know what you thought of it on Twitter or by leaving a review for this podcast wherever you listen to pods. Until next time, I'm your host, Sean Sock.